Section 55 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gabby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 55. When she was young, perhaps she loved someone like me dinner was over and early had recovered some little sense and reason he had hardly looked at lady estelle they had met as perfect strangers and the earl introduced them it struck the earl that his wife looked pale and strange but whenever there was anything about lady linleigh that he did not understand he always attributed it to sentiment then in her calm high-bred fashion she bade early welcome to linleigh she spoke to him several times during dinner that dinner seemed to early more like a dream than a reality whenever he looked at her he thought of quainton woods and the strange story she had told him there the truth of which seemed only known to herself and him he wondered if she would speak to him about it if she would allude to it in any way he had never seen her since although he had so well carried out her commands after dinner all wonder on that point was at an end doris said the countess sing some of your pretty french chansons for us mr murray will you look over these sketches by dog while doris rich voice filled the room and early sat with the sketches in his hand she feigning to be interested in them said i have never had a chance to thank you but i thank you now with all my heart with gratitude that words cannot express can you understand how grateful i am to you early murray there was a pretty musical lingering on his name which charmed him he looked into the proud fair face and said simply a man might be proud to give his life for you lady lindley i am happy to think that it was in my power to be of service to you will you keep my secret always early always lady linleigh as i would guard my life on my honour even after you are married when it will be most difficult to keep a secret from doris you will keep this you will never let her know that i am her mother no you may trust me until death he said then for some minutes there was silence lady linleigh was the first to break it do you know how i shall try to reward you early she asked i think less of the reward than of the kindness that prompted it he replied gratefully i shall do my best to further your interests in life to help you to reach such a position as shall please doris i will hasten your marriage by every means in my power and i will love you as though you were my own son do not look so grateful 
they will wonder what i am saying to you you understand once and for all i shall never allude to this again the next moment lady doris was laughingly accusing the countess of having asked her to sing in order that she might talk at her ease we are quite a family party said lord linleigh early do you play billiards no he replied i do not then come at once and let me give you your first lesson no man can hope to succeed in this world who cannot play billiards doris went into the billiard room to see the first lesson given and received while lady estelle pondered over the same problem did doris love early or did she not on the morning following the earl and the poet had a long conversation it was a fine spring day with the odor of early violets and the song of the birds in the air come out with me mr moray said the earl we can talk more at ease under the broad blue sky then as they walked through the stately domain the earl talked more seriously than he had ever done before some men he said might object to seeing an engagement of the kind fulfilled i do not when doris as you knew had no name no home you would have been proud to make her your wife she in her turn should be as is i do not doubt proud to reward your love now it would be very easy for me early to imitate one of the fathers in heavy comedy and say take her be happy here are fifty thousand pounds and my blessing i repeat that would be easy but it would be an injustice to you i prefer that you shall make a position for yourself and win her you will be happier yes replied early a thousand times happier i love her so dearly pardon me my lord so dearly that i would work as jacob did seven years to win her and because of my great love they would seem as one day i will take your fortunes in hand said the earl as i told you before it would be easy to give you one but i will give you what is far better the means of making one i will place you in such a position that it shall not be in the power of any person to say when he hears of my daughter's marriage that she had made a mausoleum's i thank you my lord my deeds my life shall thank you said early earnestly you have already continued the earl made yourself some reputation as a poet now tell me have you ever turned your attention to politics the young poet's face glowed again it was so sweet to him for her dear sake this high hope of fame i have studied the leading topics of the day he replied modestly i know you have the gift of eloquence and my first effort on your behalf shall be that you be returned a member for anderley the late member died a few weeks since and i am repeatedly asked to put forward a candidate 
You shall be that candidate, Earle Moray, and you shall succeed. When you are M.P. for Anderley, we will talk of the next step. I cannot thank you, said Earle breathlessly. It would be quite useless for me to try. In the meantime, there is an appointment in London in the civil service vacant, and I think my influence can procure it for you. It will bring you in an income of seven or eight hundred pounds per annum. The expenses of the election will, of course, be mine. Early raised his hand to his head with a bewildered expression. I think, he said, I must have had a fairy godmother. Genius is a fairy godmother, said the earl laughingly. We shall all be very happy early. Doris is young, too young to marry yet. A year or two in the great world will not hurt her. I do not think anything will ever take her from you early. I am sure of it, my lord. I have full faith in my love. That very evening, Lord Linleigh wrote to London to secure the appointment of which he had spoken. It was characteristic of him that more than once during the course of that letter-writing he laughed to himself for being sentimental. I should have done better, he thought, to have given the young man something handsome, and have let Doris marry as my daughter ought to marry. Then, again, he could reproach himself with the thought, and his heart would warm with the consciousness of doing a good and a generous action. It would have been impossible, even had he desired it, to have kept the household in ignorance over early. He had not been there twenty-four hours before the whole body of domestics were interested in his wooing. He was universally admired. The susceptible portion of the establishment declared that he was as handsome as Apollo, with a voice like real music, while languid footmen and knowing grooms declared him to be the right kind of gentleman. The Lady Doris had said little, but she had watched him with jealous eyes. If he had failed in any little observance of form or etiquette, she would never have pardoned him. If she had heard even the least hint that he was not perfectly well-bred, that he was not accustomed to the manners of good society, her angry resentment would have known no bounds. As it was, she was flattered by the universal praise and admiration. Early might have lived with dukes and earls all his life. It never occurred to him this terrible distance in rank. He did not think of it. As he once said to Doris, he was a gentleman, a king was no more. She had half anticipated feeling ashamed of him. She found, on the contrary, that she had ample reason to be proud of him. The earl told his wife and daughter what he hoped and intended to do for Early. He almost wondered that the countess should be so pleased. Her face flushed and her eyes filled with tears. You are very good, Ulrich, she said very gently. 
he fancied that it was for her daughter's sake that she felt pleased but there were no tears in his daughter's beautiful eyes i am a deal of trouble to you papa she said it is not enough that you must have a grown-up daughter but you must also provide her with a husband it is rather too hard on you but doris you love early he said anxiously oh yes i love early it is a thousand pities though that he has not a ready-made fortune and position it would save you so much trouble my dear doris there can be no trouble for me where you are concerned you know how anxious i am that you should be happy you will be happy with early i am one of those singularly fortunate people papa who are happy anywhere she replied then seeing a very discontented expression on his face she hastened to add remember how often you have called me a true studley papa i find it more in my nature to laugh than to sentimentalize indeed under pain of instant execution i fear that i should not could not grow sentimental at the same time believe me no one could be more grateful than i am to you about early and with that the earl was forced to be content she sat down to the piano shortly afterward and he heard the gay voice singing of love and flowers he looked at her the same puzzle came to him has she any heart he asked himself that was a question which no one yet had been able to answer early said lady doris as they sat together in the morning-room do not read any more to me i always tell you that reading poetry aloud to me is a waste of time and of talent i want you to talk the next moment he had closed the book and was sitting on the little ottoman at her feet i am only too delighted he said it is not often that my beautiful queen wishes to talk to me your beautiful queen wishes to know early what do you think of my lady my lady he repeated wonderingly yes try and not be dull of understanding nothing tries me so severely as that my lady i mean of course the countess of linleigh what do you think of her early i think she is very kind very beautiful very stately and very charming i agree with you but do you not think that she is rather sentimental i hardly know why doris she has a fashion of dropping into my dressing-room at all hours of taking this long hair of mine into her hands and looking as though she would fain kiss it or kissing my face and talking about you that seems very natural doris and very kind he said when she talks about you early the tears come into her eyes and she is so eloquent about love do you know what i fancy sometimes no he replied i do not know you need not to look so strangely at me but i do fancy at times that when she was young perhaps 
she loved someone like me who is dead what do you think early it is very possible darling i should be so kind to her doris were i in your place i am kind i never interfere i let her do just as she likes with me i am sure early it is not possible to be any kinder than that end of chapter fifty five read by gabby cowan